0: This podcast is sponsored by Echelon. Echelon is the affordable way to get the workout equipment, the workout community, and an instructor's motivation right in the comfort of your own home. With Echelon, you can work at any time, day or night, and crush your fitness goals. And right now, for a limited time, podcast listeners get up to $800 off MSRP. To get this exclusive podcast discount, text Genius to 818181 to get up to $800 off MSRP. Once again, just text Genius to eighty one. Uh, She's an American board-certified psychiatrist. She has 25 years plus of practice, and we're going to talk about her work. So, Achina, thank you for coming.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure.
0: Yeah, tell me what got you into psychiatry, and then later on, we'll fast forward to today, and I want to ask you how your practice has evolved.
2: That's a loaded question. How did I get into psychiatry? Yeah, so I've always been fascinated uh, with how the mind works, and... It was what's interesting is that when I went to medical school, I didn't feel like there was the one place that was for me, I would go through every rotation. And it's like, oh yeah, I like this and this, but it's like, it just didn't feel right until I went into, until I did my psychiatry rotation. And then I felt at home. So I've always been interested in, I mean, through college, I was I, I majored in biology, specializing in neuroscience and behavior. So I was always interested in behavior, particularly with animals. And then uh, when I was going to become a graduate student, I decided I did not want to do research on animals. So I figured, okay, I'll go to medical school. But I didn't even have psychiatry on on the um, in my in my mind as a psychiatrist until I actually did my psychiatry rotation. And then it just felt like this is what I it clicked. It just clicked for me. I was good at it. And it just was very intuitive. Um, and people said I was good at it. So, and I, and I am, I'm good at my work. <laughs> so okay. uh, I call it a gift from God personally. Yes.
0: What do you think makes a good psychiatrist versus just a run of the mill, like drug vending machine psychiatrist?
2: Oh, wow. I, I, personally feel that psychiatry has changed considerably since I became a psychiatrist. I've been doing this for a long time. And in you know my day, we were required to learn how to do psychotherapy and use it on a regular basis. And um, to me, psychiatrists that don't do psychotherapy are very limited in, in a diagnostic sense, I feel. Uh, so even if, even if you don't do psychotherapy, knowing how how the mind is constructed and all of the emotions that can peek through and knowing the difference between a healthy reaction and an unhealthy reaction versus, you know, whether or not it it has crossed the line into a place where it's very unhealthy to the point of disease, like brain disease. There's different boundaries, I think, and it's understanding and being able to tolerate changes in emotions and Giving it the the you know almost like the the room to be expressed in a healthy way, even though it might be uncomfortable for some people, but sometimes it's necessary. Um, I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about, but you know it's it's it is important to have uh, that kind of training uh, and the depth of that kind of training. And
0: well, it sounds like um, you have to be trained to work with people that obviously you're a very, you know, in an emotional state, they're troubled, etc. But you also don't want to, I guess, manipulate them intentionally or unintentionally. So it sounds like it's a delicate balance, the training involved.
2: Absolutely. And it is taking time, taking time with people and really getting to know them on a deeper level. And unfortunately, the way the system is constructed, our medical system, it's you know, it's, we're forced to do certain things in a short period of time and make quick decisions. And I think that's a disservice to people. It takes time to get to know people and understanding what is driving their decisions um, or what is driving anything that's happening. You know, it may not even be their decisions. It might be something else going on, you know, that they don't have control over. So, yeah, it's important to have that space to talk about things on a deeper level
1: and and so well, i have a
0: question um I, I know this from personal experience you know one of my kids has gone to several psychiatrists and psychologists it seems like psychologists you know talk therapy they'll spend time although you know you pay for the hour and stuff but they'll spend it but psychiatrists and i don't mean this to be rude or mean or anything but they just seem to be like pay me money okay i'll write your prescription for drugs i spend five minutes asking you what you're taking how you feel Oh, not enough. All right. Up to dosage. Have a nice day. It doesn't seem like they spend any time. A lot of psychiatrists the ones I've run into. They just literally seem again, for lack of a better term, like just drug vending machines. You put the money in and the prescription come out. So what have you seen?
2: Oh, I, you know, I completely agree with you. I mean, I I've resisted being that kind of psychiatrist for many years. You know, I worked for a community mental health center And I refused to work for 15 minutes a session. It's just to me that was just negligence as far as I was concerned. Um, I don't think that people should be reduced to brain, you know, brain chemicals basically. There are some people who are considered themselves pure, pure psychopharmacologists and believe strongly that if you give enough medications in the right doses, in the right combination, that you'll be able to have just the right balance of neurotransmitters to control everything. And I don't believe that at all. Um, we're, we're more than just chemical balance in our brains. And so I I've I am a proponent for looking at root causes, looking at the biology, the psychology, the social causes of a person's symptoms and even spiritual causes. So, and, and beyond that, you know, what I've been doing in the past 10 years um, is functional medicine. And I I've written a book called, what if it's not depression, your guide to finding answers and solutions to help a person understand that there's numerous causes of symptoms, and it's finding all of the root causes. That's where my training in, in diagnostically and in trying to find all the causes and have a plan to reverse all of them or most of them as, in, in, with as much power as you have um, through multiple intervention, including diet, lifestyle, meditation, you know, prayer, you know, whatever it is that is, and it's and it's basically uh, matched to your Personality, where you're at, in your time in your life right now. So starting with low hanging fruit, and and making changes through habits and connection. You know, so there's so many things that you can do to change your life, and it's not just medication. And I just want to say, you know, there are medications that can be life saving, and but I think that they should be used a lot less especially in children, you know, they should be used a lot less uh, than what we have been using. You know, there are in certain countries where they don't have medications or access to medication. People are, you know, like tied to trees, (laughs) you know, and and isolated because of their symptoms. And when, when you can give a medication, you know, uh, to ease their suffering, ultimately what you want to do is find, well, what causes suffering in the first place? So I, I look at medication as uh, in the same way that I look at having emergency surgery and putting you in a body cast because you just suffered, you know, multi-organ trauma from a, a massive car accident. You know, you're going to want to be helicoptered into, you know, from a, from that car accident to a hospital, have surgery and, and be put in a body cast if necessary, but you have the full knowledge that you'll come out of that with rehab, (laughs) you know, you'll go to rehab. And so I see the kind of work that I do is that people come to me who are on medications, and they're either not getting the full results, or they can't tolerate them, they have too many side effects, or they're on numerous. (laughs) I asked a patient who was on six medications and said that she would have to take them for the rest of her life. You know, there, you know, you have these various uh, uh, situations where, There's limitations to medications and that I believe they should be used short term. But while you're on those medications to find those root causes, what happened that resulted, what are the combination of things that created the storm in your life that manifested into these symptoms that you can fix and reverse and heal even so that you don't need as much medication or any medication. So, but that takes time. That takes effort. It takes uh, believing in yourself. That takes, you know, what I was speaking to another person. Who she said it takes tenacity, you know, to stay on top of these. It's learning habits. It's changing your diet, making lots of changes in your lifestyle. And some people aren't willing to do that, you know. So again, you, you have um, to be, you know, where you're. You have to be where you're, where that person's at and start from there. And, and it has to be their decision to make these changes. There are some people who that's all they want is medication. They don't want to do these things, these other things that I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it, it takes a ton of personal work to really, uh, you know, help yourself. And I don't know if the personal work ever ends. And I'm sure a lot of people, you know, if they're depressed or anxious or stressed, you know, they don't want to even sometimes get out of bed, much less do all the work necessary to help themselves. So how do you overcome that hurdle?
2: Well, you know, you know, sometimes you have to use medications, but like I said, you start where, where's the low hanging fruit? You know, you start with, what are you willing to do? What, what do you know that, you you know, that you can do right now today? And it's a conversation. It starts with a conversation with that person, um, and asking them, you know, what do you already know that you, maybe you've done this before and you knew it helps. Like, uh, you know, I used to I used to dance and, you know, I haven't danced in 10 years, but boy, it made my heart soar. You know, well, do you, do you still have those tap shoes, you know, pull them out, get on some, turn on some music. I mean, it's free. You could easily do that, right? If you happen to have that part of your history, it's like, can you get, you know, can you find, you know, task number one, find those tap shoes, right? Task number two, get a piece of music and get it on your phone and play it, you know, and and just dance for a couple minutes and see how it makes you feel you know so it's it's finding those things that caused your heart to soar in the past and and seeing if it's it'll get you moving now and you and then you build on that right i mean there so it, it really does start with having that conversation and asking where people are at you know there's some people who who start this journey on their own and then they kind of get stuck and that's when they reach out to me for help or they don't you know they try all different things and they don't really do them in the right order so that's when they reach out for help so there are people on different areas of parts of their journey where they kind of get stuck and they, they need some help so coaching is a really important part to motivated and and help them to stay on top of um, to you know move in the right direction for them but Lifestyle and dietary changes are so, so, so important to do. And it's been my mission to inform other psychiatrists in the traditional world about that. I gave a talk, the plenary talk for the Oklahoma Psychiatric Physicians Association back in November, and it was very well received. So there are psychiatrists out there that have been practicing traditional psychiatry who see the limitations and they want to learn how to do things differently. They want more in tool bag to help their, their patients. Because ultimately that's, you know, everybody does have that goal. Most, I think most psychiatrists and most doctors go into the field to help people, but the system is, is structured in such a way that it works against them <laughs> causing burnout, but it also works against the the patient or the client that they're, that they're seeing. So ultimately the system needs, not just our medical system, our food industry needs, our, our there, you know, I think a lot of things need to change, you know, so, you know, our social system needs to change, uh, the way things go.
0: Supplementing with hemp CBD products is one of the best things you can do for your overall wellness or to improve conditions like chronic pain, sleep issues, anxiety, or depression, or other conditions related to inflammation. Feel Good Hemp offers high quality CBD oil products alongside a free platform of proven self-help and self-healing techniques all to help you feel good naturally. They're offering our listeners a very generous 33% off their first purchase. Use the coupon code GENIUS33 at checkout and you'll save 33%. Visit feelgoodhemp.org to shop now and access their free empowerment platform. I don't know, maybe consensus thinks works to help people with psychological issues versus what actually works. I mean, I know you've talked already about people have to put in work, etc., but you know, if you were to give again a an assessment of what people think works, but doesn't versus what actually works. What would be the condensed summary of those two things?
2: Okay. So there are a lot of people who don't really realize how food is medicine and that food can cause symptoms. Um, So what I do is teach people that there are, there are foods that, and so the, one of the things that people don't realize is that depression and anxiety and even psychosis can be caused by inflammation in the body. And, you know, by the way, your head is attached to your body. So whatever is affecting your body is going to affect your brain. And so inflammation can be caused in your body by five factors. Foods, there's foods that can heal you and there's foods that can poison you. So it's understanding which, which foods that there are gluten and dairy are well known to be causing in the body. Um, Sugar is a big one as well. And, And our diet is full of gluten, dairy, and sugar. So, you know, even pulling those out and most people don't eat healthy foods, they don't eat vegetables in particular, a rainbow variety of vegetables is really important. So, there are, And eating protein foods with protein and healthy fat. So cutting back on grains. So there's lots of research that shows that the Mediterranean diet is, is a very healthy diet. But for the brain, more on the paleo or keto, a healthy ketogenic diet. Some people don't say that the, a ketogenic is, diet is healthy, but it, it depends on what you're talking about. So there's different kinds of ketogenic diet. But a healthy ketogenic diet is really good for the brain as the body. And so that's just foods in a nutshell. Some chronic infections are things that can occupy your immune. So people might have chronic sinusitis, chronic dental infections, chronic throat infections, chronic urinary tract infections, infections, gut infections. So people live with these kinds of things and think that it's normal, or they just don't know what else to do about it. From time to time, they take antibiotics or steroids, uh, as opposed to eliminating infections. And so, you know, the conventional world pummels it with antibiotics, but there's other things that you can do to find a balance in your, neuro- tra- not your, in your gut microbiome. So really helping your gut microbiome to healthier, having really good bacteria, and that might mean probiotics, and also uh, herbal antimicrobials to sort of you know, sort of move into a balanced microbiome as opposed to this atomic bomb of an antibiotic that just wipes your microbiome out. So the microbiome is responsible for making 70% of your transmitters and and it's uh, responsible for 70, 80% of your system. So they yeah. work in tandem with each other. Um, so, you know, looking for how chronic infections can, can are affecting you that then also affects your brain. And uh, and when you're not feeling good, you're, you're, you know, if you've ever had the flu, you're irritable, mood moody, sad, you know, have all sorts of emotions come up when you're not- I get irritable if it's
0: wet. been- the- it's been six, eight hours since I've eaten. And, you know, I'm discussing you know, where to go for dinner and the conversation is like, I don't know. I chose last time rah, rah, you know, I'm irritable then too. Yeah. So I can imagine even the, yeah, the flu or if you're just feeling like incredibly depressed or it's hard to get yourself right. moving. I know of, um you know, one uh, friend of mine his I guess his wife has his issues and he said, whenever he, if he comes in, he sees like a can of Coke, you know, on the table, it's it's almost like an alcoholic is like, oh uh, shit. You know, when he sees that he knows that he's in for problems for a couple of days because it's it will turn his wife's mood, you know, very ugly and she'll get very upset.
2: Right. Yeah. Sometimes people have candida overgrowth, which is a type of yeast. Uh and it can cause massive um and sugar really strong sugar cravings and cause you eat tons of sugar and then you end up in the hypoglycemic, high sugar you know, feelings and then crashing into a hypoglycemic episode. So it's sometimes it's not a problem with not eating often enough. Sometimes it's eating too much sugar and causing these roller coasters. And that's that can be exaggerated even more if you have a candida infection. So chronic infection. So there's a difference between acute infection and chronic infections. And uh, it's sort of like uh, your your body comes to a stalemate with certain types of pathogens, whether it's bacteria or, or viruses or even parasites. So So foods, infections, then there's toxins. We're surrounded by toxins and our body's working really, really hard to filter these toxins, whether you're breathing it in, putting it on your body or, or eating them or, you know, swallowing them, your body's constantly working really hard. Like the, the filters in your car, the filter in your dryer, you know? And so if you're not giving your body the nutrients to clear those filters, through your liver and your kidneys, or even putting out the trash by having regular bowel movements, that, that toxicity builds up and can affect your brain. So, and then the last thing is stress. Stress is a major part of our lifestyle. Um, We don't know how to rest. Uh, We don't take the time to rest. We have vacations. And if we do, we feel guilty about it. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of feelings about yeah, taking yeah. time. Oh, I they people have troubles. A lot of people have trouble sitting and relaxing. Oh, I got to do something. I got to do something. So there's all these Energizer bunnies running around, feeling, thinking that they're doing the right thing for themselves. And they probably don't feel stressed, but their body is really stressed. And it, at some point it catches up with you and it causes you yeah. to crash and burn, right?
0: What, what do you... That is a weird question. What are you called? You're not just a psychiatrist. Are you a functional psychiatrist? Like if people are going to look for, okay, that's what I wanted to know because people listening, I mean, I'm experiencing the same thing. Wow. You know, you talk about so many more things than a typical psychiatrist that I've seen. So how does someone find someone like you? And I guess the answer is look for a functional psychiatrist.
2: Right. There aren't many of us, <laughs> but there are some. Yeah. Functional psychiatrists. So yeah, I, you know, they, they can find me and I know I I'm part of a Facebook group of as many functional psychiatrists, but there really aren't many of us. And, but there are functional medicine doctors that are familiar with some of the things that I do and do some of the things that I do, but not to the, to the extent that I do them. So even if you can't find a functional psychiatrist, you can find a functional medicine doctor. was a lot about okay. what I do too. So they may not know Ooh. the whole mental health piece of it. So, yeah, so we talked about foods, infections, toxins, stress, all of those affect your hormones, particularly your stress hormones, which is cortisol. So cortisol can be elevated uh, for long periods of time. And that can ultimately cause a lot of mood dysregulation, anxiety, depression, loss of energy, and uh, sleep problems, difficulty getting out of bed. So over time, your cortisol levels can can be affected, and then those cortisol levels over time can affect your sex. So it might change your estrogen and progesterone balance, or cause a drop in your testosterone in men. So um, these are the kinds of things that I look at across the board. These are all the variables that I look at and, and work with the person versus, and then people feel so much better. And even if they are taking medication or not, and eventually people feel well enough to know like, okay, it wasn't the medication that Caused me to feel better, so then they'll have the confidence to be able to come off of the medications because it's the work that they've done and feeling empowered in their life will do the work that they don't necessarily feel like they have to rely on medication anymore. And so,
0: you know what I just realized it might be, you know what might be a really good role for someone like you uh, is you would be the psychological component of someone making again dietary changes, like a, a psychiatric coach for lifestyle change, okay. you know, not that you wouldn't do everything you're doing, but how many people again, you know, have a problem. And they, if they're lucky, their doctor, let's say is functional and they'll say, all right, work on the diet and all that stuff. But when you try to do that, then there's the problem of cravings and the whole mental side of things. And, you know, if you screw up and you have, let's say uh, a donut, and it puts you into a depression and then the whole, the whole plan blows up on you, it seems like people need a, psych- a psychological coach, to make sure that they get through this. So, does that exist? Is that just part of what you do, or is there a separate person that does that?
2: Well, you know, it's, I'm glad that you asked that because I actually have what I call a boot camp. It's the "What If It's Not Depression" boot camp. It's a companion program to my book. It's a 12-week group online program. You could do it on your own, and there is a do-it-yourself version. But what's great about it is that there's a 90-minute group every week. It's live Q and A with me and a health coach, and the two of us have you find all of your root causes. It starts with mindset, but then it's finding all of your root causes by putting your history in a timeline and, and giving you a diet. And we look at movement. We look at all of the possible root causes every week. We dismantle uh, all of these issues that I just mentioned, right? Uh, And it's, it's a 12 week program and it's really, really helps people it, even within a month's time into the group to make people feel better. It's, it's a, it's really a good program. It's 12 weeks. By the end of the 12 weeks, you'll have addressed most of your root causes and will have a plan for the rest because there are going to be certain things that are going to take time, but at least you know what it is. And you have a path laid out before you uh, that empowers you to be able to move forward with that plan.
0: Excellent. So, you know, I know the whole world can't hire you, but for those that can and have an interest, where can they go to, to learn about you and to get an appointment with you, et cetera? Like where can you serve people anywhere in the US or or where
2: Yes. So this boot camp is a health coaching program. It's not a doctor patient relationship because as I said, a lot of these things can get better just through dietary and lifestyle changes. And so you don't necessarily need a, a physician or psychiatrists to, to be able to, to have you go through this program. It's, and then you would go to www.achinasteindo.com. And on that website, you can learn uh, about how to contact me and schedule a discovery call if you're interested in talking uh, about it and about how I can help you. I also do have a private practice in Rhode Island where I do one-on-one, but you do have to then fly out to see me. So the boot camp is the best uh, way to work with me. Again, there are 90 minute, uh, you know, Q and A live sessions, group sessions, and for every week for 12 weeks. But, um, and then you, 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 anyone can have to be in Rhode Island or choose it's where yep. I like see patients. So
0: very good. Gina, it's really good and it's really refreshing to speak to someone like you. I'm glad people like you are out there, not just the traditional, like I said, I call them drug vending machine
2: uh, <laughs> psychiatrists.
0: So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate
2: it. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Remember, before you go, supplementing with hemp CBD products is one of the best things you can do for your well-being. Get your CBD from a company that cares and offers you holistic support in your healing or wellness journey. Feel Good Hemp is giving our listeners 33% off their first purchase. You can use coupon code GENIUS33 at checkout to save 33% site-wide. Visit feelgoodhemp.org to shop now and access their free empowerment platform